0: In this episode of 2000 Books, Robert D. Smith talks about the ultimate key to help you unleash your most intense effort in business and in life. Well, hello, hello, my ambitious friends, and welcome to 2000 Books. Every Monday and Wednesday, we bring you the most important actionable ideas from the world's greatest books for ambitious entrepreneurs, books in the field of startups, marketing, sales, productivity, management, leadership, strategy, personal development, and much, much more. And I am your host, Manny Vaya. Robert D. Smith has managed and overseen the career of Andy Andrews, a three-time New York Times bestselling author and in-demand speaker. He has served as a private consultant to numerous bestselling authors, speakers, entertainers, and cutting-edge organizations, educating them on how to create and sustain massive growth. Today we're talking about his outstanding book, 20,000 Days and Counting, The Crash Course for Mastering Life Right Now, a simple guide to injecting meaning into every second you live for the rest of your life. Robert, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
1: Thank you, Manny. So glad to be here.
0: Thank you, thank you. Your energy is infectious. from the time we start talking, I feel it. so I, I know it's going to be a great interview. And uh, let's jump into it. Let's talk about the book. What was your business story? What led you to writing this book?
1: Manny, that is a great question. And of all the authors you've probably had, I am one of the few that got on that, that has a book that I did not mean to write. And, you know, I deal with authors, meaning Andy Andrews, uh, a New York Times bestselling author I've been working with for 38 years. Jerry Jenkins has written 190 books, 21 of them of which are New York Times. So I'm so busy helping these guys. The last thing on my mind was ever, ever writing a book. So this all started out because of an email. Actually, before that, it was an app. Actually, an app on your phone that anybody could download one of those countdown calendars. And one of the guys in my office shared it with me. And, you know, you're supposed to count down to Christmas or New Year's or your next birthday. And as soon as I downloaded, I thought, I wonder what happens if you put a past date in there. Meaning, so I immediately put in my birthday, 5555. Mm. And I said, oh, my heavens, because it immediately showed me how many days I had been alive up until that moment, which was about 19,980 something. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I've never seen my life in days before. And I thought on the next big number, which was going to be 20,000, I'm going to go away for a few days and think about life. Mm. And that that happened to be on a Friday. And I woke up had no idea where I was going, exactly how many days I was going to be gone, or exactly what I was going to do while I was gone. But as soon as I checked into a little boutique hotel, I thought, now what am I here for? What am I doing? And I simply felt an overwhelming sense of gratitude that I wrote an email to Andy Andrews and to Polly, and I just wanted to let them know that I'm so thankful that I've been able to work with them for several decades, uh, that I love what I do and about time in my life, and I actually did not think I would live that long, which is about 54, in your mid-54th year, you encounter um, 20,000 days. Mm. And so uh, in that email, as soon as I got done and sent it, I thought of somebody else that I was very grateful for and uh, appreciated them in my life. I sent them a similar but different, meaning customized and personal email. Well, over the next 18 hours, Manny... I sent 48 of those emails wow. and every single person replied, some immediately, some within a few hours, some called, some wanted to set up meetings with me, dinners with me. It was a very powerful email, which you know is in the book. So after a couple of years later is when the book idea came about uh, through another series of events. Um, so anyway, and you, you've read it. You know that it's just a collection of ideas about life, about doing things right now. And I live this life as if I was going to die today, yeah. as if this was my last day on earth. How do I want to approach it? And by the way, Manning, if this is my last day, I can't think of a better way to spend my time than with you.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to be here with you, Robert. Talking about this is like... It's it it gives me goosebumps just knowing that you and I were are looking at the same thing. We're we're on this mission together to 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 learn to grow to become better human beings in some ways.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, as you said, the li- our life is short. So I mean, we have to live each and every day as if it were our last, and it's very tough to do. Sometimes we get caught up in the day to day of life, right?
1: Right. People, people, yeah, the mon, I want to say the mundane and the unexpected throw people for a, a loop. And you've got to be really forthright in what you're doing and what you're planning. And I know you know how to do that. And a lot of people listening know how to do that. But I know a few people are
0: wondering, how do I do it better? I think, uh, Is there a better way of doing it? Tell us about it.
1: Well, one of the things uh, I I do, I, I got tickled the other day when somebody asked me like, what do you do? What's your morning routine to have such an outstanding day every day? And I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. It's not my morning routine. It's what I do the night before. Mm. It's what I do. I hear people getting up on the wrong side of the bed, and I'm thinking, no, they went to bed on the wrong side. They started, they ended the night wrong, mm. you know, leading up to the next day. So one of the things I do the night before, I know I've got a beautiful place. So I can walk outside and um, and see the stars and just say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I You, you just can't show too much gratitude Uh, about life and what you're doing and where you are, even if you're in a bad situation, if somebody would classify it bad, because you and I know that they are not done if they are still breathing, Mm. that there are still things to do. Mm. They may not know what to do, but if they did know what to do, what would they do? And one of the neatest things I discovered was eating nose For breakfast, (laughs) meaning I love it when somebody tells me no. Now, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people getting started, a lot of people just uh, selling anything hate to hear that two-letter word, no. No, Mm -hmm. I don't want to buy it. No, I don't want to talk to you. No. Well... I learned back uh, while I was in college when I sold books with the Southwestern Publishing Company. I don't know if you've heard of this company, but they do door-to-door sales. Every summer, they've been doing it for over a 100 years. And they uh, uh, all these college kids come and uh, train actually right here in Nashville, Tennessee. And then they go out across the country. And our goal every single day was to show our books to 30 families a day. What I ended up doing early on, because it was hard to get that yes, is uh, I wanted to find 30 people a day that would not meet with me, Hmm. that did not want these books after I showed it to them. If I got 30 no's a day, I inevitably got a yes. Mm. Now in reality, Manny, I never did get 30 in one day because always somebody, some knucklehead would say yes. And later on when I started my business with Andy, he was a comedian at the time and I was booking him in colleges across the nation. And the goal every single day, I had a legal pad on my desk, I would number it one through 30 and I would list the schools I would call, making sure that they did not want a comedian. (laughs) Never once in months did I succeed because there'd always be some school that say, you know, Robert, we are thinking about a comedian. We would like to entertain the idea of Andy coming to our school. Yes, we do have that much money. I'm thinking, are you sure you do? Are you sure you want Andy Andrews? Now, in a weird way, you know that I had to get to the S's. That's how we make money. That's how Andy created a career. That's how, uh, th- how you keep the business going. Mm. But in my mind and in my emotions, it was fun getting the nose. Yeah. Now, uh, I think it's in the book later on, you know, when Andy wrote The Traveler's Gift, it was my job to go get it published and uh, find a, a, a publisher for it. So we started out. And I pitched it and I pitched it. And no, no, no. So my goal was to find 30 publishers that did not want this book. And I was happy about doing that. You can see the joy in my in my in my voice just thinking about this. But this is one of the few times, Manny, I actually found 30 publishers that said no to this book. Mm. And I thought, now, God, what do I do? You know, how do I, uh, my game, it backfired on me. And I heard, I felt like, hey, just play the game again. So I thought, okay, I'm going to find 30 more. And as what happened on the after 51 publishers said no to this book, finally Thomas Nelson said yes to The Traveler's Gift, published it. Then Good Morning America loved it, wanted to uh they were just starting their book of the month club called Read This, and they picked Andy's book as their second book. Um they had Diane Sawyer and Robin Roberts and Charlie Gibson all on the air all talking about this book. Four minutes, they talked about this on Good Morning America, and they had interviewed some other people that had read it in a book club. Four minutes, Manny, Mm. Nelson had in six months sold 18,000 copies. On that day, they had pumped up the bookstores with 40,000 copies. By that afternoon, all 40,000 were sucked out of the bookstores. Mm. Nelson started printing 20,000 books a week. And for 17 weeks, it stayed on New York Times. Now, what if I had not learned to eat nose for breakfast?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so important in our entrepreneurial journeys to, to realize that no is almost the journey. No is the, no is part of the process and having that number in mind, just going for 30 no's in a row. I know it sounds crazy, but it actually works. (laughs) It works in the sense you, it becomes a game. It becomes a fun thing to do. And when, when it becomes a fun thing to do, you kind of, um, you let off on that pressure In some ways. And you start to get uh, innovative in the way you approach things. And uh, it's really hard to get 30 people to say no to any kind of request that you have in some ways. That's right. Yeah. You you. It works. It works.
1: It will change your self-esteem. Because that's what happens. You feel like you're beaten and like, oh, nobody loves you. And like, this is so hard. And maybe this isn't a good idea. No, you can change all of that by just looking for the nose.
0: Yeah, yeah. It makes life uh, fun and light again. And there's a book, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, it, called Go for No by Andrea Waltz. And uh, it's a fable about this uh, this person, this salesman who has to go for nose in order to Live a Great Life. So highly ah, recommend that book. Yeah,
1: I've got to get that. I have not heard of that.
0: Yeah, really great book. And we have the interview on our podcast as well, one of our earlier episodes. Uh, um, really great read. Um Next. Yeah. Um, but uh, now let's talk about um, the whole idea. Like we, we've been talking about eating no's because it's important to realize that life is short and we have to go through these no's in order to get yes. And as I'm talking, I, I'm just reminded of this quote by Seneca, uh, which said, We act like mortals in the face of all that we fear, and we act like immortals in the face of all that we desire. And Mm. I'll let that sink in, yes, because it's a profound one. We act like mortals in all that we fear, and we act like immortals in all that we desire. So we believe we have enough time to accomplish all our goals, but when we're face-to-face with fear, we feel like we're mortals and hence we don't take action that we need to take. Right, right. And it's it's such a profound truth, and uh, it it goes back to where, what we're talking about, that our lives are short, and we've got to live every day with that purpose, with that meaning, and going after our dreams, even if it means we have to go eat nose for breakfast in order to get where we want to go.
1: And the sooner you learn it, the richer you could get.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's 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 a process of a lifetime in some ways i mean uh, i'm 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 learning this and i'm sure we're all going through that process again and again every day and it's it's almost like we have to intensify the intens- and that's where you you talk about the idea that intensity is not a state of mind it comes from our heart tell us about right.
1: it right it's physiology the intensity I mean, when people say i don't feel like it uh actually they're not you know it's not like you um it's not like you, let's see, I don't feel like I want, I don't feel happy. It's not that you don't feel happy. It's that you're not doing happy. Hmm. I know some of my sad friends don't want to hear that. They don't want to be told, hey, it's you're acting sad. So if you act happy, and I'm not talking about a talking about a Pollyanna type of deal, I'm telling you this works 100% of the time. So if you want to get up happy, or how do you get up happy? How do you stay happy? Well, you just do happiness. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what that looks like. You know what a smile looks like. You know what excitement looks like. You know what holding your head up, your chest out, and you stand straight, and you talk with a full lung full of air, uh, All of that goes into like, wow, what is that guy on? Or why is he so happy? But you know what? Your work will go better. Your life will go better. Your spouse will wonder what's up. What's going on? Why are they so happy? Well, it's because I do happy. And I don't ever have to be sad. That's right. Never do I have to be sad unless I want to do sadness. Mm. My emotions are dictated by my movement, not the other way around.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Our actions are the one that determine our feelings and our emotions. Uh, we somehow uh, feel that we are trapped by our feelings and that those limit our action, but that's not the case. Our actions will, will change our feelings and our behaviors and our patterns and our habits and everything else in the process and allow us right. to live a greater life. And the whole thing you talked about when you said happiness, like being excited about life, being happy, it's scientifically proven to improve our performance. I mean, it increases our testosterone levels, and that boosts the functioning of our brain. So why not? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So Um, good, so good. Yeah, Um, now let's talk about uh, this idea of catapulting our life. I mean, the the three steps that you talk about, you start off by asking how many days you've been alive, and then we go down the list, right? Um, And then we ask about what's important to you right now? what's, what's, What's coming up next? And the part,
1: yeah. Oh, go on, go on. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, those two questions, you just kind of slip them by. But let me give you the key, uh, uh, and this was this goes great to one of your recent interviews with David Allen on getting things done. Mm. I mean, this is, there's only two questions I ask every single day. Now, everybody, I think, uh, I've still got the old-fashioned to-do list. I've still got a yellow pad. I've, I, I've got the notes. I've got the iCal. I've got all that stuff going on, too. But I still fall back on my yellow pad. And there's two things I do or two questions I ask every day, every moment, all throughout the day, what's important now and what's next. Your to-do list will never end. You will never be without things to do. You will always be guided by those two questions because you will know the answer. And if you don't know, just act like you do and Mm -hmm. do that one thing. So those two things have kept me going. Now there's like 17 people on our team that keeps them going too. And it's growing constantly because we keep creating so many more things to do next, looking down and further out into the future. What not only do we want to do this week, but what are we looking at for the next year, three years, five years?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all, it's a constant. Constant search, constant probing of where we are and where we're going, and it never lets up. We always have to do that.
1: And and don't ever act like you have to have all the answers now. Mm. I don't have the answers. You don't have the answers. Very few people that have built mega companies had the answers when they first started. No, Mm. they just took it one day at a time. They did what was important now and what was next, and they never stopped.
0: Yeah, yeah, No. We, uh, unfortunately... Unfortunately, today with the media, we've we've become a culture obsessed with these heroic stories of how we just go from, people go from step zero to step hundred. And that's all we highlight. But the truth, the truth of the matter is most people don't know how. They just start with a commitment and the how just comes along.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You hear about the garage openings or the dorm openings, and then suddenly they're billionaires. Okay. Yeah. You and I know there was a lot in between. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and I hope we're getting this message across to the people because that is an important, uh, important thing we all need to learn that we just have to take the first step and the next step and the next step. We don't have to know the whole thing in order to get started.
1: Right, never, never, never.
0: Yeah, and the third part of that whole thing was you said drafting your life's story and living it. Now that I I feel it's it's fascinating because it's so uh, challenging on ourselves to actually start thinking about it like almost like a movie, and right. Um, t- t- well, if
1: you, here's how you do that it, it's, it can be a fun game but you got to take at least 15 minutes and stop what you're doing turn off the TV and yes I'd even in this case turn off the radio get somewhere quiet and just write out and if, even if it's one page even if you type out 250 words what would your life look like if time and money did not matter? Mm. Where would you live? Describe the house you would want. Would it be a penthouse? Would it be one in the mountains? Would it be uh, h- how big? You want 2,000 feet or 20,000 square feet? Uh, y- you can describe all of this. And when you get done, you're going to f- f- start asking yourself questions. What if I could do this? Who would I, Who do I have to become to make that happen? Now, that's a great question. Wow. Who do I have to become? I might have to get up earlier. I might have to stay up late. I might have to do my to-do list. I might have to stop going, you fill in the blank. I might have to stop watching, you fill in the blank. I might have to start reading, you fill in the blank. This is the type of stuff that you would change. But it's self-imposed and now you've got a reason to make it happen. So it's not drudgery. It's not like you're being – your arms are being twisted. No, it's not like you're being made to. Suddenly you want to. There's Mm -hmm. a totally different attitude inside your system. When you want to do something versus having to do something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and you slipped in something profound there, which is identifying who do you want to become. In some ways our life story begins there because um we we're not a lot of a lot of times unfortunately people believe that our feelings direct our actions and then our actions direct our behavior which causes us to become who we want to who we have become. But it's the other way around. Yes, we start absolutely. with our identity. We start with who we want to become. Right. And right, then right. And back it up. Back it up. Then we decide (laughs) what actions we need to take in order to become that person.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And then we back it up one more thing. What are the feelings? I mean, as a result of those actions, you will get to the feelings that you desire. So, yeah, (laughs) it's paradoxical, but it works better that way.
1: (laughs) And, And at first, it may feel unnatural. That's okay. It did for me. It does for you. Sometimes the goal of uh, getting 30 no's in a day, those first 10 or 12 might be hard. But after you do it for a week, you're going to think, this is a fantastic game. You'll be looking. And then the process of getting the yeses, that's when you start noticing your income is different.
0: Yeah. And the whole idea (laughs) of uh, getting the no's and going for the 30 no's, I mean, there's an idea behind it that you talk about in the book. The fact that motivation is a myth. Most people don't get started and they won't go for their first rejection because they're waiting for motivation. They're waiting to be perfectly motivated and to go in order to go yes. after it. But that does not happen.
1: It does not happen. It doesn't happen. You have to feel within minutes. As a matter of fact, I had a, had a, a teacher in high school that I had, uh, he, wanted, he gave us an assignment, you know, weeks out to write this term paper. And he came by my desk. You know, when they're walking around, you got an assignment. And he says, Robert, how far along are you on your term paper? And I said, I haven't started. And he said, starting is half finished. Mm. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, now that has been motivation on dozens of projects. Hey, I don't have to get far, but I do have to start. And it might be writing on the whiteboard. It might be uh, writing down the to-do list of what i got to do once I really do get started. It might be getting, gathering the phone numbers of the people I need to talk to. It might be writing a few emails of the people that's going to be involved. Don't make it a major thing. Don't set up such a roadblock that it's so tall that you can't look over or go around. Make it one little step at a time. That's how you walk a mile. You start on the step. You walk to the mailbox and then to the next mailbox. It's so easy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh. And and you and you said it in the book. You said action does not follow motivation; it precedes it. Which yes. which is exactly what we're talking about. The fact yes. that we cannot wait for motivation in order to take action. Right. And uh, it's a tough. It's a it's a tough pill to swallow, but those. Initial moments of anxiety will lead to a whole lot more motivation than just sitting around uh, and twiddling your thumbs hoping for motivation to come by.
1: Or worrying about it. Yeah. Worry is not going to get you anywhere.
0: Yeah. It's the sense of progress. It's that little step of progress that will give us way more motivation than any kind of uh, thinking we can do.
1: And that's where the addiction comes in. That's where the joy comes in. That's where the excitement comes in. That's where you can't stop going comes in. And that's what everybody wants to feel. And that, the people that aren't feeling that are wondering, how do you get it? Well, just pretend you do. Act like you have it. Do the one thing you know to do right now. And everybody knows what that is. It's what you're thinking of right
0: now. Mm. Yeah. Do the thing that you need to do and break it down into smaller, smallest possible action that you need to take and you will get there. Right. Yeah. OK.
1: How do do we get dressed every day? You put on a sock, (laughs) then you put on the shoe, then you button your shirt. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Wait, that's how you do it. I just, you know, I wake up dressed up. every.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And what about our hair? Yeah. I, you know, I go to bed looking like my hair is pretty nice. I could still go out right before I go to bed. But no, when I wake up, what happened during the night? Then you got to start all over.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating how the understanding that our lives are, lives are short and we have very limited time will, will kind of move us in the direction of uh, taking action rather than waiting around for things to happen for us.
1: Right, right.
0: And uh, not only that, we we move from this victim mindset, and you you have this whole uh, fun thing about the crisis center, right? The call center. Oh yes. Yeah. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, they, the uh the crisis center was a place that uh, I worked during college, and uh, I had the the midnight shift, and this was a place that's going twenty four hours a day, and people would call in with all kinds of problems, and uh, there was never once. Manny, I'm embarrassed to say this, never once did I, you know, I knew my, my time was coming up, my session was t- coming up, never once did I want to do it, never once did I feel like I've got time to do it, uh, never once did I feel like uh, I had absolutely no problems or nothing else to think about or that I wasn't busy, but every single time I did this, I was so grateful. When you suddenly look at everybody else's problems in a different way, uh, or that suddenly you look at yours in a different way, that I don't have these kind of problems, that I don't have things that I don't know how to solve, that I've got resources, I've got people to call on, and that's what we all need to use. Your one phone call of way to change everything in your life, to reach out to anybody, somebody, and everybody has somebody. And when you don't, at least you've got the crisis center i think every major city in the nation has one of these places that you can call and at least there's a listening ear at that point
0: yeah yeah and and and, and in some ways you might uh, you might have found and uh, you might have found that some people come across as victims while some people come across as the ones who are empowered to go make their life a different one
1: right yeah. It's not, and everybody gets stuck. That, not to say that you don't get stuck. Uh, and you've got to talk to people. I can't do what I do alone uh, on any one day. Mm. Uh, not only do I have great acts that I work with, but I've surrounded myself with great people that just love life. And, and by the way, uh, Manny, every one of the guys I work with uh, and girls, I am more interested about their lives than what they do. I tell all of them, this is not your life. What you're doing for the acts, what you do, quote, as a job is not your life. I don't think there's many people in my position that would say that. Normally you're saying, hey, you got to do this, you got to do this. As a matter of fact, with with people I work with, there's no hours. Uh, there's no set time. Uh, there's no set time to work and there's no set, uh, limit of number of days that they can take off. We are interested in results. And isn't that what life is all about? You want to raise great kids or you want to actually raise kids that turn into great adults. Right. You want to uh, have a prosperous employer or be one. Um, so all of these things will tie up into you having the desire, the want to this is where you want to make something happen, where you want to be the person you you had dr- uh, written out beforehand
0: yeah yeah this is this is so much fun Robert I mean I mean like we're, we're we're really digging deep into how to how to live our lives so that we have the intensity of purpose in some ways to to not forget that We're dying every single day. We're closer to our deaths. And in some ways, um, that's very liberating because that constraint allows us to be free and do our very best. And, and this the is why,
1: this is why, Manny, I want everybody to think of somebody that you need to say thank you to somebody that you need to say, I I, I love you. Uh, because I think if you knew that you were going to die in a little while, uh, that you would be burning up the phone saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I love you to certain people. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can, if you've never taken the opportunity to write your parents a thank you letter for having you and raising you. This is a, a an insanely empowering thing to the one that writes it and it's overwhelming to the people that receive it uh i i still do that in the last few months i'm telling people uh w- what i see in them the unique abilities that they have uh and you cannot celebrate people too much because rarely i've never found anybody not one person that celebrates who they are too much yeah. meaning they don't do it So I take it upon myself to throw surprise parties, surprise thank you parties where I'll bring in my whole team. And when people come over, we've even gone out and had a cake made and just say, we celebrate you. Um, and applaud them for who they are, for the difference they're making. But you've got to do it to yourself. You've got to say thank you for who you are, for who you're becoming, that you are making a difference in this world. You've got to write down the list of great things that you're doing every day, the things that make you happy, the things that you want to celebrate with others. They're all there. And so don't forget to celebrate who you are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's difficult to do sometimes because we believe we're, you know, we're not there yet. We haven't accomplished your goals yet, and I, I am a, I am, I am a, I'm definitely a culprit. Like I, I, know I myself find it hard to celebrate because I feel like well, there is a lot more to do. What am I celebrating today? So oh, tell me something hey, about that. There's
1: lots you you've got to celebrate. I can tell because I feel what you've done is affecting lots of people. I know because it's affected me. So every day, get that in mind. Did I say, this and you know what? It starts with a thank you. So a, a, an attitude of gratitude. You write these things down, um, and I've got something online that I can keep going back to and add, and I can look back at my thank yous over years and read them quickly. It's not a major list. I mean, meaning, I just write, hey, I'm thankful for Andy. I'm thankful for, it could be little things. I'm thankful that I have a place to live in. I'm thankful that uh, I've got resources to keep the place up I'm thankful for a new car. now it's not all that kind of stuff. It might be thankful for I've got a new project, I've got a new book to work on. It's got uh, uh, whatever it is, I keep that list going and I you have to say I'm thankful for my health. you have to if you've ever been in a a, a hospital in the last few months, you've got to walk out saying thank you, thank you, thank you. Number mm. one, that you can even walk out.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So gratitude is where it starts and gratitude is what we need to, I need to incorporate more of in my life. I will admit that.
1: I'm going to be checking on you too.
0: I will. I will send it out to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And at this time, I would usually be asking for specific action items but I think we've covered a whole lot of action items as we've gone through the interview. But if there's anything else you want to talk about or parting piece of guidance or closing, I, please. I would
1: love for everybody to have that same feeling that I did when you find out how many days you've been alive. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, and you can go to therobertd.com and right on the homepage, you don't have to do anything. Uh, you, you can just type in your birthday and it will tell you how many days you've been alive. It's a sobering revelation. It's a number that you will, and then find online, uh, whatever kind of phone you use, just go to apps and you look up countdown stuff and you'll find one. Um, uh, and as of today, Manny, I've been around 22,413 days. (sighs) Isn't that amazing?
0: It is amazing. Twenty
1: two thousand four hundred thirty days. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then, and, and you know, in the book, I've got all kinds of quotes, and every one that I, every quote I used, I put how many days those people lived. Uh, which is just amazing in my, you know, again, some of them were as few as under 20,000. Many of them were in the thirties and it was just exciting to see what these people did with their lives with the time they had. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a critical thing. Find out how many days you've been alive, download that app. So you've got access to it, uh, celebrate like crazy and write down certain things. Uh, I, I'd say that you're grateful for and that you want to accomplish. Um, And you know, I'm going to act like I'm going to live for another 15 or 20 years, but I'm also planning as if this is my last day. That's why my bed is made.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Um, This is this has been so much fun, Robert. Um, uh, And you already told our listeners where to find you, which is your website. But if there is any other uh, places to find you, or any other new projects you're working on, or anything else that you want to share with our listeners. Please, I think it's please.
1: all there the robert and i'm not really promoting anything you I, I work with jerry jenkins the author of the left behind series and andy andrews author of the traveler's gift and the noticer those are my two main things that i'm doing every single day uh however uh you know i've even had people recently ask me am i working on another book that's a yes and no question mm-hmm. meaning i'm constantly writing and by the way those of you that say, well, I'm not a writer, but I do want to write a book, my entire book was dictated, so I've never really actually written anything, and every single day, I'm dictating stuff into my notes on on my phone. You know you've got that access to that little microphone. Now, you have to learn to speak distinctly so it understands you. I have to tell that to some of my southern friends that really talk with the draw, and they have to speak distinctly, but you can dictate your thoughts, and then it's amazing when you go back and read them, and then suddenly you can't. Can put them in a book.
0: Mm. Wow, this is great. Did you have a ghostwriter write your book after that?
1: No, I'm telling you, it's all my words. All right. It's, and I got tickled when we first sent it to Andy because he said, "Oh my God, you've found your voice." And I'm thinking, "What are you talking about?" He says, "Well, many writers never do find their voice when they write. They 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 don't find their style." And I I I laughed and I said, "Well, the weird thing is that is my voice. I really did." <laughs> voice that out that, that's that's me talking the whole book and then of course you go back and you clean it up you know english and what do you say par- break it into paragraphs and add all the punctuation uh in that book my book has, has got a lot of variation you know i wanted uh the i wanted a lot of bold and underline and big big letters you know what i'm saying mm. and so that's throughout the book so that you get semi feeling a, a semi feeling and of course the audio book is pretty intense too you know, I didn't cut, hold back on that.
0: Yeah. Well, this, is, uh, this has been so much fun, Robert. I learned so much and I'm sure our listeners will enjoy this interview tremendously. They're probably enjoying it right now as we talk. So um, thank you very much for taking the time to do this. It's been a joy. It's been a privilege.
1: My pleasure. And thank you very much, Manny. Appreciate you so much.
0: So my ambitious friends, if you want to figure out how many days you have been alive for, head on over to therobertd.com and enter your date of birth in the calculator there. Also, if you would like to get a free audio copy of 20,000 days and counting, head on over to 2000books.com slash free and sign up for a risk-free 30-day audible trial and grab this audiobook. Until next time, my friends.